La Sangha est invitée à retourner à sa respiration, afin que l'énergie de la pleine conscience puisse nous rassembler comme un organisme, coulant comme une rivière, sans plus aucune séparation. Puisse la Sangha tout entière respirer comme un seul corps, écouter comme un seul corps, chanter comme un seul corps, transcendant les frontières d'un soi illusoire, nous libérant ainsi des complexes de supériorité d'infériorité et d'égalité. Mindfulness. 
Sangha, today is the 5th January, year 2014. We don't know where, where is uh, the year 2013 now. We are in the Stillwater Meditation Hall of the Upper Hamlet in the Winter Retreat 2013-2014. The year 2013. We had action. Every day we created action in our thinking, in our speech, in our thinking. They are action. They are karma. And of course, in the year 2014, we will ripe. We will harvest the, the harvest the, the fruits that we have planted in the year 2013. And so 2013 continues on. It has not uh, gone completely. And we have, to, we have to practice in a way that our thinking this year has the, has the flavor of uh, right, uh, right thinking, a thinking that has love and compassion. So we plant good seeds. The, for the whole year and we will speak in a way so that our speech 
uh, letters carries uh, the spirit of love and compassion. And this is called love and speech, a right speech. And so in this year, this is all we will use, love and speech. We will only speak right speech. That all our speech will uh, embodies love and compassion, understanding, so that we can, so that we can um, harvest the fruit of a right speech. And we we made the resolution that in this year, what we do in our body, in our consumption, uh, and working, that we work in a way, we do in a way that has the energy of love and understanding, and that is the body action, bodily action. And we know that it's a it's a sowing seeds. We have we we sow a lot of good seeds, uh, bodily seeds like that, bodily action like that, so that we can harvest good. Uh, Good fruits. We have to be in control of our, our life, our situation. And in Plum Village, we have uh, the opportunity to sit together. In the in in us in the program of in Plum Village, we have opportunity to sit together. To sit and listen to the talk in meditation, to eat, and this is our culture. In our in our society, in our society nowadays, uh, in our small family, with the a couple, one or two or three children, and we are so busy now that that we don't have time to sit together as a family. We don't have uh, opportunity to eat together as a family. Uh, one person eats before the other, just so that, and we we lost a lot. In the old days, in a meal, no one no one can skip a meal because uh, it's it's a very um, opportunity for the family to gather. But now we don't eat together anymore. We don't have time to sit together anymore. We don't have time to eat together. In the old day, family sit together a lot. Uh, in the evening when the sun, uh, when the moon rises, we all go outside um, to sit together on a porch next to the bamboo grove and watch the sun I uh, watch the moon and and talk and that's culture that's civilization but now we don't have enough time we don't have time to sit together like that anymore we work a lot because so that we can have a lot of money, a lot of salary, but but the truth is that we're not as happy. So, 
in the future, if we want to be happy, we have to think of how to reorganize our family so that each day the family has the chance to sit together for for meals and that the meal the meal is very important so that everybody can be present there together and that during meal time we can just sit there and breathe and look at each other and recognize that our loved ones are still alive it's not difficult but now it is difficult becomes difficult because the structure of the society has changed. And so, in a practice center like in Plum Village, we try our best to, to maintain that, um, that values, those values, so that each day we have time to sit together, uh, we sit quietly together, and that every day we have a chance to walk together, and we don't need to talk to one another. Several hundred of people, but we make a gentle, mindful steps up the hill, and we see uh, we we see the presence of one another. We treasure the presence of one another. And in our meals, everyone is present. Even if we're not hungry, we still have to come to meals, and that is. Um, we see we're present for one another. We're there for one another. And in Plum Village, whenever we have uh, during meals, we have read the five contemplations. We say that we have to eat on way so that we can be at ease so we can have brotherhood, sisterhood, so we can be happy, these three things. And eating is an opportunity to create these three things. First of all, our freedom. Easiness of freedom. In Vietnamese, we have mm, similar terms such as shan. Shan means uh, busylessness, that we're not too busy. In our society nowadays, everyone, are too be- everyone is too busy. There's no freedom, no uh, easiness. We have the word nyang, leisure. Leisure means that we're not too busy. Leisure, leisure time. In Chinese, yang is written like this. 
This word yang is very good word. It's made of the word mong, which is the door. Whether it's a window or a door. And there's the moon in 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 the door. There's the moon. That means that we look out the window or the door and we see the moon. Only people who are at leisure, people who have time to really see that, to see the really see the moon. And so. It means watching the moon. And in Buddhism, we have uh, the word "remoksha," uh, liberation. It means liberation. That means we're not being entangled. And the main. Purpose of a practitioner is to is to not be entangled. What are entangled by what? There are ropes that that we we entangled ourselves in, or we let other people entangle us. Please tangle me up. And when we, when we have these ropes that um, tied us down, then we're not free. And these, and one one of those ropes is our busyness, our anxiety, our anger, our craving. These are the biggest um, uh, ropes that tied us down. Anxiety, lolang. Anger, yung hung. Jealousy, ganti. Fear, sho hai. Complexes, makam. We have a complex that we are better than other people. We're superior than other people. We have complex that are we are inferior than other people. That's a that's a rope that ties them. Even the complex of equality is also uh, a rope that ties us. These are ropes that. That represents shime. Uh, shime is ignorance. Their their wrong wrong thinking about ourselves. Wrong thinking or wrong perception of other people. 
we have wrong perception of the world and these wrong perceptions create suffering for ourselves and that we need to really cut off cut off these these ropes this and so when we are able to get these ropes then we can have then we can have tantai we can have uh, freedom or liberation and in Vietnamese there's a word goi uh, goi becomes the word woi or roi. In the time of Trần Nhân Tông, the king Trần Nhân Tông, he was a king, but he loved, he, 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 he handed over his throne to his son to become a monk because he treasured very much the quality of, of freedom because as a politician there's a lot of anxieties And so when, so he left his throne to look for for freedom. And so freedom, freedom, freedom doesn't mean that you don't do anything, but it means looking for, looking for practices, teachings that help us to untangle ourselves. Because the king, After he, after when he's already ordained as a, a monk, he was continuing to help support his son who, who was now a, a king. And so his son is working as a politician and he's working as a spiritual teacher to help the country and teaching people the five trainings to... Um, And it is it's it's an it's a it's there it's action engaged action engaged Buddhism, and so the even though he lives in on the mountain Yingtu, but he was not uh, far from the world, and that being a monk, he does not have all these um, entanglement so that he's more free to help the world. And in his writing in Guchong Lockdown, there's the word ngoi, uh, ngoi. And during that time, um, the Vietnamese people were using um, Chinese character, but it was during the Qing dynasty that they modified the character Uh, so that it's not able to be understood by the Chinese. And so the word roi, roi mean, roi mean freedom. And that there's no other important things and practices than the practice of being free. There's no dharma as important as liberation and freedom. Remokti is freedom. The word tantai is freedom. And so each one of us, when we have a chance to sit down and look into ourselves to see what kind of what kind of ties do we have, we have to recognize all these ropes that tie us down and tangled us.
we have to recognize them. We have to identify them before we before we can untie these knots. We're not happy because we are being tied, being entangled. And liberation is to untie this. Sometimes we have anger, and this anger just go with us, and it robs us of our freedom. And so it is a rope that ties us. And and when we look for practice, we have to learn how to untie this the the rope of anger. And this rope of anger, it can go with us all our life. So we need to we need to untie it. We need to cut it, cut it, cut it off. The anger of of anger of revenge. There are some people who has who carry a energy of revenge in them all their life, and they don't have freedom. There are people who carry craving in them. Tamka is craving. The craving for for fame, for position. Objects of our craving, we chase for it all our life. And when we chase after this object of craving, then we are being tied down, being entangled by by this rope of craving. And so, the 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 most beautiful virtue of a person is to be is to have the capacity to be happy. And we have to ask ourselves. Do we have the capacity to be happy? Do we have the capacity to be happy? We have to ask ourselves. And the if the answer is no, that I don't have the capacity capacity to be happy, we have to ask why can we not have the capacity to be happy? And the answer is because we have these ropes that tie us down. That's why we cannot be happy. For example, everyone is is walking, walking together, practice walking meditation. And that walking meditation is an opportunity to to let go of all the anxiety, so that we can make um, we can step. You can walk in a way. That each step brings joy and happiness, because on our in our on the in our intellect, we know that each step each can bring freedom, can help us to come in touch with the wonders of life in the present moment. The wonders, these wonders. Have the capacity to nourish and heal us. Every step is nourishing. Every step is a miracle. Every step is healing. Every step is joy. 
to have a body and, and, and to walk leisurely, what is, be- more, is what is better than that? And that we have mindfulness concentration and it can bring us a lot of joy and happiness. But while other people are walking and we are walking with them, and other people are able to generate happiness and joy in every step, why can we not? Why can we not generate? Why can we not able to generate happiness and joy? And the answer is that because we have these ties that entangle us, that we are not free, that we're not liberated. So that's why other people, other people are able to enjoy, able to taste every step. But for us, we walk like we walk automatically. We walk in just the form, and that our practice of walking has no essence, no, and it's not nourishing us. And so. We have to sit down. We have to ask ourselves, what kind of what kind of ties that is entangled, and that we have to be able to untie this. And we untie without if if we untie untied ourselves with a intention that's not enough. We have to wake up, at least to wake up, and we it's we cannot let uh, these these ropes this this rope of craving, anger, uh, craving to to tie us down all our life. How can we, how long can we live? And then and then we don't we don't give ourselves the opportunity to really live deeply. Is it necessary for us to really chase after these objects? And so when we have this insight, then we can let it go. We can untie ourselves. We can see that we're very foolish. We waste, we're wasting our life. We're wasting our whole life. And when our insight is bright, then we can easily let it go. What's important is our freedom. And if there's no freedom, there's nothing. And in in this in this uh, present civilization, there's very few people who are really free. And there may be people who have loads of money in their bank, millions of dollars in their bank. The people who have a lot of uh, position and fame, there are people who have a lot of power, but they are not happy because they do not have freedom. And so the King Jung Yong uh, said that if our mind 
um, it's our investment. Because if we if we cannot if we don't have brotherhood and sister, we cannot invest in in our and that every day we have to generate brotherhood and sisterhood, and that this is this is the this is our our profit that we get, and that is the more profit we get from the brotherhood and sisterhood, the more we are able to help. To offer to other people, and so when we organize a retreat for several hundred people, we if there's we offer them our brotherhood and sisterhood, and it is the brotherhood and sisterhood that helps to transform the the collective energy, the, to help them to transform, and so people transformed not because of a good dharma talk, but But mainly because, because why we walk, why we sit, why we are um, eat, that we we um, we we show this this energy, we share this energy of freedom and brotherhood and sisterhood, and that's what they benefit from. As monastics in in Plum Village, we don't have a salary, but we have brotherhood and sisterhood. Instead of a salary, we have brotherhood and sisterhood, and that people are nourished by this brotherhood and sisterhood. And the greater this brotherhood and sisterhood, the stronger their aspiration, their career in helping people. And so, to invest in this career. For a future, we have to have brotherhood and sisterhood and freedom. And the third one is is happiness. And that when we we before we eat, we read the five contemplations. And that before we read the contemplation, we reach introduction. We said, "Please eat in a way so that there is freedom, there is brotherhood, sisterhood, and to have enjoy while we eat, so that uh, the meal well, during the time we eat, we are nourished. We're not just being nourished by the food, but we are nourished by these three energies of freedom." We have to sit there and and to be free. And nowadays, people don't really sit; they, they eat as quick as they can, um, so that they can do something else, and they don't have freedom. And for here, we said, eat as slow as you can. The slower, the better, so that we can have more time to look at each other, to enjoy our freedom. There's a yogurt in France that. They advertise. They inter- this that says eat slowly so you can enjoy it. You can savor it longer. We eat. We eat each spoonful and we we keep it in our mouth and really listen to the taste. It's like listening to the taste in our mouth. Eat every spoonful. 
and listening to the taste. And so, and so when we eat, we really, we notice, we 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 are aware that everyone is around here. My, our brothers and sisters around here. We have the same aspiration. And so we are not just being nourished by food, by the food, but by the brotherhood and sisterhood. And we eat um, at ease. We eat. Um, we eat with freedom. So that to, to, so that we can see that eating is also a practice. So when we eat, do we have freedom? So um, are you freedom? Why are you eating? Or are you thinking about something else? Or are you worrying and angry about something? Or or are you or are you eating your anger and your anxiety? It's not good for your health. This, if it's not good for your health to sit there and and eat your eat your anger and anxiety instead of eating the brotherhood and sisterhood, so you only practice in the form. And so meal times is a challenge. We have to eat in a way that during that forty minutes we have. We have freedom. We have brotherhood and sisterhood, and we have happiness. And this this morning we will eat together here. And we have to we have to challenge ourselves whether we are able to eat in that way. If we can eat in that way, then when we are walking, we can walk in that way as well. Or when we are washing our dishes, we can wash. In that way, in freedom, in brotherhood and sisterhood, and in happiness, and when we are able to have these things, then we can share with other people. Because if we don't have them, then there's nothing for us to offer to other person. Nothing to offer to the other. of our brothers and sisters, that while we breathe in, other people are breathing in. When we breathe out, we see that. We, when we breathe in, we we make our our body and our mind calm. And our, and during that time, our brothers and sisters are also doing that. 
And then we breathe out, we smile, we allow our body and mind to calm. And when we are doing this uh, as a community, we can really see clearly brotherhood and sisterhood, listening to the sound of the bell. Everyone stops the thinking, talking, and then we we begin to pay attention to our breathing. We breathe in, we allow our mind to to calm down, our body to calm down, and breathe out, and we smile. And then if several hundred people do this, then their collective energy of mindfulness and concentration becomes very powerful. And this is called synchronization. And this is our nourishment, our food. And sitting there, we we are eating. And so when we breathe in this way, we create the energy of peace. And while we are breathing, we we are creating peace. And this is uh, this energy is a collective energy. It's not just our energy. And we nourish one another with this energy. While we breathe, we nu- we nourish our brother and sisters. We are here to practice, and we're here. We will become brothers and sisters of one another. And that when we are able to make one uh, breath uh, with peace and joy, then we nourish not only ourselves and we, but with other people. If the other person is able to make mindful steps, steps of joy and happiness, that person is also nourishing us. And so when we practice together in a community, we nourish one another. We nourish with the energy with this energy, the energy of mindfulness, concentration and insight, which brings uh, freedom and brotherhood and sisterhood and happiness. Uh, Dear Sangha, please breathe together as one body, chant as one body. There's no separate self. We'll go in together as a river. We don't go as drops of water. And when we are harmonize ourselves in this river, this in the sangha, then our suffering, our s- is being embraced by the the collective energy, and it helps to lessen our suffering. If we go, if we are just a drop of water, then our suffering will stay the same. And so when we sit together. In the Sangha, walk together with the Sangha, we breathe and we have to we have to let go of our individual self. We have to breathe together as a Sangha, as one body. We have to breathe, uh, chant with the Sangha as one body, and we listen as one body. And, and our motto is to go together to river and not as drops of water. If we go as drop of water, then you keep all the suffering to yourself. You suffer by yourself. But if we rely on, we lean on the Sangha, if we allow the Sangha to embrace us, to guide us, 
then then we have the opportunity to transform ourselves because there is the collective energy of mindfulness concentration inside of freedom of peace to help us to transform and so in a in buddhism um taking refuge in the buddha and the dharma is not enough we have to take refuge in the sangha too because the sangha has the collective energy that helps us to transform easily and so if we want our practice to 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 last long we have to really rely on a sangha So, before sitting meditation, we have the hokan, the chanting, and the evening chant is sitting under the Bodhi tree. My three karmas are calm. Body, speech, and mind are calm. And sitting under the Bodhi tree. I sit here just like the Buddha had sat under the Bodhi tree and this is an opportunity so we sit very very stably and that sitting meditation is a time to help us to calm our body speech and mind tang a body I help to my body to calm down a cow speech that i don't say anything my thoughts i don't think so stably sitting under the bodhi tree my body speech and mind actions of speech and mind are calmed and so during sitting meditation we keep our body stably and that our three our body speech and mind calm down that there's no more no more thinking there's no right and wrong there is no longer any thought of right and wrong because in our daily life we are tied by this rope that you are right that you are wrong that i'm right that you have created a lot of suffering for me you are responsible you are you're responsible for all that suffering and i'm just a victim and that we we get caught in this uh, attitude that you are wrong and i'm right and there's a, a rope that ties us and so in sitting meditation we untie this rope we let that go there's no right or no wrong so in our first um, breath we have to be able to do that we have to sit uh, correctly in our posture and we calm our body and mind and we end we end uh, the the discussion our head of who's right and who's wrong and we bring our body and mind in mindfulness and our body 
body and mind or in mindfulness and that uh, it's a light that helps shines help us to see who we are and so we can let go of we we so that we can leave the shore the shore the shore of anger anxiety suffering to go to the other shore the shore of freedom and so this chant this evening chant the or, or before we have evening sitting or the chant before we have morning sitting our uh, reminders because if we sit there and we don't contemplate, then it's not very beneficial. We have to allow the chant to go in and help us to look deeply. We have to allow this chant to go into our body, into our nervous system. It has to go through the synapses to go into our ni- ni- neurons. And we're not just sit there. And then we say, that person is chanting and I'm sitting here. We have to allow these words, this insight, these practices to go into our body. And so in Plum Village, we have something like that. Before we walk, practice walk and meditation, we we come together and we, we we sing before we walk, and that these are practice songs. They're not just f- for entertainment. Uh, for example, we sing "I am a happiness is here now," and that uh, we're not entertaining ourselves with these songs. We're reminding ourselves that we have to walk in a way, step. Uh, breathe in a way um, so that our that every step is legendary, and that every breath becomes legendary. That we can do it, and that the more familiar we are with this practice, then when we create, we create new neural pathways. That leads us to happiness. Instead of uh, instead of worn path, worn path, worn old path that leads to suffering, that we keep walking on this path, and, and now we are walking, creating new neural pathway, and we keep walking and walking on this path that will lead us to happiness. Just like when we listen to the sound of the bell. When we are familiar with this practice, no one reminds us that as as soon as we hear the bell, we stop. No, we stop our body, we stop our mind, and we pay attention to our breath. In Plum Village, everyone does this, and that there's no effort, no struggle. It becomes a, a pathway, new pathway. We create a new pathway, and that uh, and that no one reminds us enough automatically we come back to our body pay attention to our breathing and our body calms down our mind calms down and this is uh, learning learning by alaya by our alaya
And so when we practice, we nourish ourselves. We learn how to nourish ourselves with the freedom, with brotherhood and sisterhood, with happiness. While we walk, when we stand, when we lie down, when we wash, wash our bowl, when we eat. And when we can nourish ourselves, then we can nourish other people. We nourish our brothers, our sisters. We nourish our children, our husband, our wife, our friends, our, our brother, our sisters. And in the sutras, there's a line. That there is a sutra that says there is something. From the beginningless time, from the begin, the non-beginningless of time, the non-beginning. These two verses talks about alaya consciousness, store consciousness. Yoi, it's a reality, a reality or an entity. There, there is a reality. There is something that has come from be- non-beginningless of time. There's no beginning. We're, talk, we're talking about alaya, store consciousness. in the 
previous weeks that alaya, its nature is un- uncovered, uh, unobstructed. That is is uncovered. It, what is it? Uh, covered by by ignorance, by delusion. And this is equivalent to alaya is equivalent to reality, the ultimate dimension, the ultimate reality suchness. It is um, things in in themselves. It is not covered by ideas, notions, such as the notion of beginning or ending, or a notion of being and non-being, a notion of uh, uh, good, goodness and evil, good and evil. Notions of purity and impurity. Bofu is not covered, it's not obstructed, but uh, not obstructed by the discrimination, by ignorance. Woman is ignorance, delusion. Bhakna is tea. There's no beginning.
kitchen's called retribution. That our actions bring retribution. And there are two kinds of retribution. One is called Chan Bao, which is our body. And the other one is called Yi Bao, which is the environment. And so in Buddhism, we see that we're not just the body, but we are also the environment, that this environment is is us too. And that alaya, first of all, is a manifestation of both body and environment. It, It manifests into many different things, but firstly, it's the body and the environment. These are the two most um, closest, concrete manifestations because the environment nourishes us. The environment nourishes us. And, and because without the environment, there's no body. And so this is Both, both re, uh, rely on on one another. We have we have an influence on the environment, and the environment influences us. And we learned that alaya is a place; it's a foundation of everything of of it's not just a place of uh, a foundation of our body and of the environment alone but it's really the foundation of everything in out in the world the neurologist neuroscience, they say uh, something similar to Alaya. They've just discovered a little part of Alaya and they called it background consciousness. It's consciousness. But it's not aware, it's not mind consciousness. Mind consciousness is is um, is active when we are awake. Manos Vishnana Mind consciousness. Mind consciousness is spring up from Alaya and Alaya is the foundation. And that from Alaya uh, comes uh, the springs up the mind consciousness. Store consciousness and mind consciousness. And that this mind consciousness 
has has its objects and its objects maybe smaller than the 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 store consciousness because store consciousness embraces all phenomena all things but mind consciousness has has uh, um so when we look at the 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 mountain the mountain is the object of mind consciousness when we are looking at anger then anger is our our object and when we go to sleep mind consciousness stops especially when we are in deep sleep and that this mind consciousness has has different uh, characteristics when when our mind consciousness is in the state of dispersion that we think endlessly we think about this and that that is our that's our normal usual state we just associate this and that we're not concentrate on anything that's called dispersion then we then that there is no concentration no focus is all over the place and when we concentrate on something like a like our breathing or like our our math problems then we can we have concentration then jong ethic so concentration this is dispersion tang vi dispersion mind consciousness in dispersion mind consciousness when we go into when we go in city meditation and we have mind consciousness in concentration consciousness work together with our five sense consciousnesses with our sense five sense organ our eyes eye, eye consciousness no ear consciousness no consciousness tongue consciousness and body consciousness the five organs becomes five sense consciousness when mind consciousness works together with the five five uh, sense consciousnesses it works together it collaborate with our seeing our sight or it collaborates with our 
For example, when we hear Dharma talk, and we have to use our ears, our ear consciousness. And so, in the case uh, where conscious mind consciousness works together, collaborates with one of the sense consciousnesses, what then it is. It's called Mukau. Mukau. Mukau collaboration. Collaboration. Collaboration of working with the five. In collaboration with the five sins. With the five. With the five sins consciousness. We are hearing the sight, the touch. When we work, when when mind consciousness works together with the five uh, sense consciousness, is called in collaboration with the five sense consciousnesses. And when, when all the five sense consciousnesses are closed, and that mind consciousness work together, work by itself, especially when we we reflect, when we we reflect on an ab- abstract subject, it's called dokdao ithak. Dukdao means that uh, it works by itself. Mind consciousness working works alone separately. And while while we sleep and we have dreams, then it's called consciousness, mind consciousness in dreams. Consciousness in dreams. And sometimes a mind consciousness does not work, it stops. In the case when we are in deep sleep without dreaming, for example, we go into a, a concentration state. Um, that doesn't need any mind consciousness. 
or we go into in in a coma. Um, then there is no mind consciousness. Mind consciousness is not working. Or oh, in this in this case. Uh, when we are f- we faint, in a case when we faint, mind consciousness is not working either. At first, we say that mind, our mind is. Mind consciousness is that we are only just mind consciousness. But then, when the mind consciousness stops, but we still we're still alive. In principle, when mind consciousness is not working, we're we're supposed to be dead. But then, mind consciousness stops, but we're still alive. And so we know that underneath mind consciousness, there's something something deeper than. Maintain our life, and that something is alaya, is my store consciousness. And now, in neuroscience, they they like to call it background consciousness. And we see clearly that mind that store consciousness has the capacity to learn, and it's thanks to mind consciousness that it can learn. And it. That and that it becomes habits. The learning becomes habits, and that uh, store consciousness is a store that the store is a store that stores all kinds of seeds. It's like a hard drive disk that we store a lot of information, but compared to Store consciousness—it's really nothing because store consciousness stores everything. Store con- um, the hard drive disk only stores a limited number of information. And so, while when we practice, when we practice breathing, sitting, walking, chanting, listening, we use mind consciousness to to create. Neural pathways to help us uh, at the beginning. We only remember, 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 memorize only a few for a few minutes, and then we forget. For example, we listen to. We, we we listen to the chant sitting under the Bodhi tree, body, speech, and mind. Uh, at peace, at first we remember it, and then the next day we and then we forget about it, and the next day, the sister chant, the same the same uh, chant, and we we continue to go down this this new pathway that it becomes. Gradually, it becomes a worn pathways. It's a new neural pathways, and it relates to memory. 
that our memory is not like a a bag that stores all our, our information, but it's um, pathways that that after we tread, we go on this pathway many times, and we remember. And when we are born, we have all the neuro neurons we need more than enough to help us to learn. And that if we tell our our mind that we we wake up on time, then automatically we will we will get wake up. And when we hear a sound, we don't know we don't know what kind of sound it is. But, but when we hear the sound, our mother appears like an angel, and so it repeats. So, so after many time of just hearing these steps, this sound, then we know that it's mother. We recognize that it's our mother, and so we. Develop a habit that whenever we hear this sound, the steps that we we feel, we know that a mother will come and embrace us, and so we learn since we were a child, very small child. And so, when we walk, and when if our each of our step is. Is in mindfulness, then we create a worn pathways of memories, neuro 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 track, and that in the second step we shall have we have joy and peace. And the second step, it reinforces that pathways. And the third step, and so when we become. Uh, so, after after sometimes it becomes easier to make mindful steps, peaceful steps, and so it's the same thing with everything that we learn. For example, when we play tennis, at first it's very difficult to play, but then the more we play, this at the beginning the path is very not very strong, but then the more we practice this. This pathways becomes it's reinforced. It becomes stronger. So it, play in tennis becomes natural, and so Alaya has the capacity to learn. And 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 sometimes um, soul consciousness is working, and mind consciousness is not. Like when we drive, we think about this and that, and we're not. So it's not really the mind consciousness that is driving, but it's really the store consciousness. Store consciousness is very quick; it reacts very quickly. If we call on mind consciousness to react, and then it can be late, it can be too late. And so, neuroscience they say to each other, they agree with each other that. Our neural cortex 
it is it is the foundation that gives rise to mind consciousness. It consumes a lot of energy. It's only a small percentage of our body, but it consumes a lot of energy. But our mind, our store consciousness, consumes less energy, but it works very effectively. When we cook, when we we drive, and it's all the mind, the store consciousness is working, is doing, and all those things. Mind consciousness consumes a lot of energy, and not as effective. But store consciousness work, works very effectively, but consumes less energy. So, one side, store consciousness consumes less energy and less expensive. The other, mind consciousness, is is uh, very expensive, it takes a lot of energy. So when we practice, we don't practice with our mind consciousness. Whenever Thai teaches something, mind consciousness takes that information and, and takes it down to store consciousness. And that mind con- uh, store consciousness is like a f- a few a, like soil, like the soil that we sow the seed of what we hear down there. That in mind consciousness, we may forget what we have learned, but store consciousness continues to to cultivate. And that's like this. For example, in the morning, when we look at when we look at some meet someone, and we thought we know the name of his, we know his name. But we don't remember exactly remember. We try to search what his name is. We haven't we haven't seen him for a long time. His name is stored in our our stored consciousness, but we can't we can't have access to it, and so we gave up. We gave up. We went and have breakfast. We we went and sleep and the next day while we brush our teeth the 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 name of the person popped up in our in our head and so the work that search for the name is not mind consciousness but it's the store consciousness and so enlightenment is this uh, for a, of a practitioner that we pra- we are enlightened not due to mind consciousness but it's due to the seeds that we have sown in the depths of our store consciousness, and that we we plant uh, these koan, these issues that of ref- for reflection that our teacher had offered us, and that we use the mind consciousness brings that that question, that koan, and and sowed it in the soil of store consciousness. And that, and each day we water that seed, and we have to trust the soil. That one day, the seed will sprout. And enlightenment is like that. Enlightenment can come very sudden. Um, 
maybe one day we walk and we tripped or we heard something and become enlightened. It's called dongo, it's sudden enlightenment. And that the sudden enlightenment is not brought about by mind consciousness, but it's really by store consciousness. And so when we practice, we have to make use of the store consciousness. The mind consciousness is the gardener, and mind and alaya, the store consciousness, is the soil. First of all, it it sprung it sprung from store consciousness. It but it 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 relies on it depends on the body. And in the past, when the ancestor teacher first taught uh, manifestation only teachings, we didn't. Um, um, biology was not uh, was not existing yet, and now now we can make use of biology, of anatomy to understand um, the the store consciousness, mind consciousness, and that uh, we have to teach uh, our brothers and sisters um, the, the the anatomy and. The working of the body, of the new, of the nervous system, and when we understand um, the working of the brain, we can understand a lot the mind, the mind consciousness, and mind consciousness relies on store consciousness and also on another consciousness called manas. Manas, sometimes we call the seventh consciousness. Mind consciousness is the sixth consciousness. Uh, Store consciousness is the eighth consciousness. And the five sense consciousness. And the first five are the five sense consciousness. And, And that if and that if store consciousness relies on the body and the environment, then the, the, the mind consciousness also relies on the, mind, the, the, the body and the environment to manifest. 
and that we need to learn neuroscience to really understand the mind consciousness and we will continue this coming Thursday.